0: Hey guys, it's Leah I'm from Procedural Wide Medical Consulting. I am the founder and CEO. Um, I'm a physician assistant, um, army veteran, and I wanted to come on today and talk to you guys about um, hip conditions and hip pain and and things that we see from um, you know both what what did I see on active duty when I was seeing. Tons of active duty patients. Um, what do we see from a lot of our veterans that, that have hip concerns and hip conditions that they may or may not want to try to get um, service connection for for VA disability? And so um, we recently did a, a video on knee pain and, and a lot of people enjoyed that. So we thought, okay, well, let's, let's do one on hip pain and maybe next month we'll do something on back pain um, and, and kind of try to keep it moving. So if you guys have things that you want us to talk about in the future, we're happy to do so. Um, and hopefully this is helpful to you guys um, to kind of understand some of these things. Um, but I wanted to do some general housekeeping first and kind of talk to you guys a little bit about what we do and and how we assist veterans, right? So um, we are a group of healthcare experts. There's several of us that are PAs. Um, We have a nurse practitioner um, and we are mostly all combat veterans. Some of us are previous comp and pen examiners. of a variety of different types of um, military experiences, anywhere from, you know, we've got guys that used to be infantrymen before they became PAs, um, Rangers, you know, all kinds of like, you know, a variety of things. So we kind of can understand some of the things that you guys have been through. Um, you know, I myself spent a ton of time in the 101st, in the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, and in different places. So we kind of can speak your language a little bit and understand a lot of the things that you guys have been through. Um, so what do we do? So we write, um, we do records review and we write independent medical opinions, often referred to as nexus letters that um, veterans will use to accompany their um, packages for VA disability. These are never required, okay? They are sometimes helpful, right? Not not all veterans need these. Um, and in fact, if you write a really strong personal statement, that can sometimes go a, a really long way in your ability to show your history. Also, you can always get an independent medical opinion or um, a, you know, you can get an independent medical opinion or a nexus letter from your regular treating doctor, a chiropractor, you know, a- anybody that you're, you know, seeing for your health care, right? So that's, that's kind of, oh, and what is a What is an IMO or a nexus letter? It's a technical report, right? So it just shows, um, you know, a history of what's been going on, let's say, if it's your hip condition, you know, how is it related to your service? Um Some people somebody asked me the other day, well, do I need a Nexus letter if I was diagnosed in service? Why would I need a Nexus letter? Well, first, like I said, you never need a Nexus letter, right? They're never requirements. They can just be helpful. But sometimes what I what I see with people that were um, you know, diagnose and services. maybe you were diagnosed with back pain, you know, 20 years ago, and then you really didn't follow up with it, um, with your regular doctor. You just kind of manage, like, for example, I have back pain all the time, right? But I don't go see my doctor for it. I, you know, maybe I use some anti-inflammatories that I buy over the counter, or maybe I do, you know, yoga or whatever. And then maybe as time goes by, it just gets worse and worse. And 20 years later, I go and get seen, seen for it. Um, you know, that may be a situation where the VA may say, well, there was no continuity of care, and this back pain that you have now is unrelated to the back pain that you had before, right? Um, That's not always the case, right? Especially if you can articulate that, like veterans, I implore you, like articulate, okay, yes, I got seen 20 years ago for my ankle pain, but it's bothered me for years, and it's continuing to bother me. I just self-treated, which is reasonable, right? Right? Um, especially if you're told at one point, Hey, it's degenerative and it's just going to keep getting worse. Right. Um, so that's kind of my roll up on medical opinion letters. Um, another thing is like, if you come to me and you say, Hey, you know, I had back pain in service and I wasn't really ever seen for it. I have no documentation of it. You know, sometimes buddy letters can help. Um, I often don't like to write opinion letters for people that are just having personal statements because let it can very well be approved but what am i doing to assist you here i'm basically regurgitating your personal statement which i don't think is always that's not super helpful that's not showing scientific data or evidence or you know data points to kind of connect these things and again if it's just your personal statement you know go for it right with the help of your accredited agent or your vso or whoever right? So um, that's kind of my scoop on that. So we provide records review. So typically a veteran may come to me and say, hey, I want you to assist me with my right side of knee pain. Can you can you help me with that? I'm like, sure. So we have a HIPAA compliant server. We, you know, go through the process of uploading all of your records. We look at them. Um, veterans will say, well, do you only want my records on my, on my knee or do you want to see everything? And I say, well, I'm happy to look at everything because if there are other things that I see, I may say, well, hey, what happened? Why did you get denied for your... Kennedys before, tell me a little bit about that, right? So I may, you know, discuss lots of things. So we're happy to look at whatever it is that you upload. Right, but we certainly wanna see like, you know, if you've got knee pain that you're, you know, currently being treated for it, or you have a really good history as to why you haven't been being treated, you're taking care of it yourself, et cetera. Um, If you've got sleep apnea, for example, I wanna see your sleep study report, right? Like if you say, hey, I have sleep apnea, but I've never been diagnosed, well, that's not really something I can probably assist you with, right? Um, okay. We don't provide any kind of telehealth or, um, you know, any kind of diagnostic treatment or evaluation. We, we simply review medical records, right? We simply review your history your records of previously diagnosed conditions, and we write technical reports based upon that. Okay. Um, we don't give any type of legal advice. We don't assist with the, um, Preparation, presentation, or any of that stuff for VA disability—that's what you would want to go to your VSO, um, your or your accredited agent or accredited attorney to assist you with. Um, the VA's website has a list of all kinds of people like that that you can look for in your county, or, or in your state, or wherever. Um, but that's not something that we give advisement on, right? We may say, "Hey, you may want to check with." You know, if somebody asks me, "Hey, what should I do to appeal this?" and I say, "Well, you may want to get with an accredited agent." Here's you know a listing of of those types of people, right? Um, that you can go and contact. Um, so I'm just looking at our little frequently asked questions to kind of like show you guys on our little website. This is where a lot of this is at. Um, so, we, can we can we help write, submit, or track medical claims? No, we don't. We don't um, submit or track anything. Just as I mentioned. Um, the VA's website has a listing of those types of people that can assist you with that, right? Um, we don't do any kind of primary mental health, um, medical opinion letters. It's just not, you know, can a PA write about mental health conditions? Of course we can, right? It's just, I prefer to kind of step aside and let the psychologists and psychiatrists kind of handle those. And we're very busy helping with orthopedic stuff and, you know, we've got one PA that's got a ton of experience in cardiac conditions and so we kind of stick to the to those, you know, gynecologic conditions, ortho um we do a lot of stuff that's related to mental health conditions. For example, you know, do you have gastric reflux? Is that related in some way to your PTSD? Um do you have erectile dysfunction? Do you have other things, sleep apnea. stuff that may be related to your mental health conditions? We we will write opinion letters on that. We just don't write specifically about, you know, or review stuff specifically to write reports on mental health conditions. So um, do you have to live in Texas? I'm in Texas, right? So do you have to live in Texas to use our services? No, right? So we have a virtual platform. We assist veterans anywhere, anytime. Um, and that's kind of what we do. Again, we don't do any telemedicine, but we just do records review and reports so we can assist with those kinds of things from, from anywhere. Right. So now that the general housekeeping is out of the way, I want to talk about hip conditions. Right. Um, so really quickly, the hip is a, it's inside of the pelvis, right? So it is a, um, ball and socket joint. I'm going to pull up a little picture for you guys. Um, it has several planes of movement. Okay. So a hinge joint, like your finger kind of just flexes and extends the ball and socket joint because it has so much more mobility, um, really can do a lot more. Right. So I just want to talk today about the, the actual joint itself. So let me flip this around. So we're going to talk about, so there is the ball and then there's the socket, right? So the ball is called the femur right? Um, the, the femoral head, right? The end of your thigh bone, right? The, or the top of it. And then the acetabulum is the socket where that bone kind of goes into, right? Um, and so that is your, your basic interview or, you know, whatever about what we're going to talk about today, that joint. All right. Um, so there are a lot of conditions that can happen and, and that we see in our veterans. Again, we have the, um, femoral head and we have the acetabulum, so um, the first thing I want to talk about is something called femoral, acet- femoral acetabular impingement syndrome, okay? So this is kind of fairly common. Um, I had a lot of experience with this on active duty because I had an orthopedic uh, specialty trained hip surgeon that was... Great, and he dealt with these all the time. So we see these a lot in our veterans. And so FAI for short, or for femoral acetabular impingement syndrome, is when you have a deformity or an abnormality with either the uh, femoral head or the acetabulum, right? There's two types predominantly. So I'm gonna flip my camera around again and kind of show you guys some pictures. Um, So this is like a normal, right here, ball and socket joint, okay? So in femoral acetabular impingement syndrome, you can either have a lesion called a CAM lesion, as you see on the end of the femur, where it's like this extra bump, right? Or you can have something called a pincer lesion, which is, um, you see how this diagram here shows you there's like a little bit of extra bone there on the end of the acetabulum, right? There's normal, and here's the abnormals, and then you can have a mixed type, I guess. Um, And so what happens, as you can imagine, is that it doesn't... um, glide very smoothly in that joint because there's a mechanical obstruction whether it's that pincer lesion that's like bumping up against um the femoral head prematurely or the cam lesion or whatever it just doesn't glide as smoothly as it's supposed to and so, so what that can do is you have this kind of non-gliding motion here right and so when that happens you can start to tear stuff up so you have something inside of your acetabulum called your labrum right your shoulder has a labrum too and it's it's kind of this area that gives support and, and structure to the hip joint. And if, if that CAM lesion or that pincer lesion is there, it can start to tear up that hip labrum and it can start to um, cause that to tear. And eventually that can lead to a lot of pain and you can develop arthritis over time. And it's just kind of a mess, Right. So femoral acetabular impingement syndrome, oftentimes there's surgical corrections for that. Maybe some physical therapy may help, but typically if that mechanical obstruction is there, sometimes they want to shave down either that cam lesion or the pincer lesion to help that gliding get better. Plus the labrum itself can start to tear. And if the labrum itself starts to tear, then, um, you know, that may need to get repaired as well. Okay. So FAI, um, that is something we see in our veteran populations quite a bit. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was something called snapping hip syndrome. Um, so we often will see, and I actually had this when I was younger, right? So, um, your veterans will often discuss it like it's, they're hearing a pop, right? Like sometimes they even say they feel like their hip is coming out of the joint, but that's likely not the case. And so what happens is the muscles that surround, um, and, and hold that ball in the socket, especially like when you're doing sit-ups or you're activating your hip flexor muscles, it can kind of slide over the top of your um, femur bone and it can like cause a snapping or a popping sound, okay? It's pretty, it's, it's pretty benign condition, it can cause some pain. Um, there are some physical therapy type procedures that can be done. I've seen um, surgeons go in and kind of cut some of that muscle back to try to improve the symptoms, but that's another, another one we see in our veteran populations, right? Um, so moving on pain, just hip pain in general. So there is this, um, ruling that came out again, we don't give legal advice, but I I know that there are some, some important legal cases that impact veterans. One is called Saunders v. Wilkie, right? So some of you guys may have been familiar with that. I'm going to pull up my little, um, cheat sheet that I have. So in Saunders v. Wilkie, they basically said that, um, a veteran can get a disability or be awarded a disability for having pain without having an underlying diagnosis, right? So just hip pain in general. um, And I believe that Saunders v. Wilkie is from 2018 that that came out, but just having hip pain without an underlying diagnosis is a rateable thing, right? Um, And that's whether that's knee pain or hip pain or back pain or any of those things. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, trochanteric bursitis. Okay. Trochanteric bursitis is a common one. So trochanteric bursitis is not intra-articular, meaning it's not inside of the hip joint, but it's outside of the hip joint. So in trochanteric bursitis, you can have, um, let me flip my camera around and show you guys a little picture Um, trochanteric bursitis. So you have this little cushiony um, item. I don't know if you can see it where it's pointing to. You have this little pillowy cushion that surrounds the joint and helps to kind of um, make things smooth, right? So you have bursa sacs all over your body. This one particularly particularly, is called the um, trochanteric bursa. And sometimes that itself can get inflamed or irritated just due to bad mechanics. You know, maybe you're running funny. Maybe you have some irritation um, from anything along that area, right? And when that bursa sac gets inflamed, it can hurt. And typically it's like, if I was to push right on the outside of the hip, The veteran will say, or the patient will say, hey, that's where it hurts, right? And so that itself is, it can be a nagging chronic thing. It can be manageable through physical therapy. Sometimes we do steroid injections that will um, help with that as well. Um, But that's another thing that we can often see. All right. So we talked about FAI, we talked about snapping hip syndrome, we have talked about trochanteric bursitis, just hip pain without an underlying diagnosis. Um, sometimes you can see people get arthritis, osteoarthritis of the hip joint, that can happen from you know, the FAI issues, it can happen just from trauma to the hip joints, um, that maybe happened in service. Um, and, and just hip arthritis in general. It can happen on a secondary basis. Maybe you've had long-standing knee pain and it, it causes you to have an antalgic gait, or maybe you, you know, you limp a lot, or you have mess, you know, mess you use a cane, who knows? And that can kind of um through the kinetic chain theory, can cause other joints to be disturbed as well, right? um, there's something called avascular necrosis. So we have seen that in veterans and sometimes that comes, there, there's a variety of things that can cause that, but the top of your femur can kind of collapse or any joint really, but a av- avascular necrosis of the femoral head can happen due to long-term t- steroid use, right? So, um, if you've been, if you've gotten tons of steroid injections over time and your hip, um, the end of your hip collapses or, dies, the blood supply gets cut off. That's something that we can see. Typically, that winds up with um, hip replacements. It can, right? Um, So those are pretty much most of the hip conditions I wanted to talk about. Of course, anything that happens, if you had some kind of really traumatic injury in service, like in your hip joint, um, you know, had a hip dislocation or something like that, that also can, you know, cause you chronic long-term pain. Um, I wanted to touch really quick on the rating criteria. So this is not something that really we get involved with, but veterans will ask me. And so I just want to give you a good reference point. So the 38 code of federal regulation, the schedule for ratings. So if you go to the VA's website, I just Googled 38 code of federal regulations. And then I come over here and it tells me schedule for ratings. And then I look at the um, musculoskeletal system. You can look at any of the systems really here. Um, and you go down here to the bottom schedule of ratings. It's going to pop you up this, um, the schedule of ratings, right? So it's going to, this is, let's look for the hip. Hang on. Okay. Pelvic, girdle, and thigh. Let's see if they have one that's just hip. So this is talking about function. Hang on. Yeah, I mean it gets kind of confusing like I said we don't get involved with the rating portion. That's, you know, we just write the medical opinion letters and you're going to go into the to the VA and they're going to give you an exam and determine what what they are going to rate you based off. But it tells you like okay, if you're having difficulties extending difficulties with adduction. So there's six planes of motion, right? So you have like adduction, abduction, flexion, extension, lateral rotation, and medial rotation of, of the hip, right? And so you can be rated based off of how much um, impairment of flexion you have, for example, right? And, and usually that's all done with range of motion measurement. So when you go into those comp and pen exams, they're going to get the goniometer tool out and they're going to measure how much extension you have or how much flexion you have. And they're going to plug all those numbers in and and that's going to all computate into what they decide your rating is going to be. Again, I just wanted you guys to be familiar that there is a website that you can go to the VA's website, you can go to and and take a look and see what those different rating criteria are going to be. Okay. So we talked about different types of hip conditions. Um, oh, let's see. I've got a couple more pictures I wanted to show you. Um, again, so we talked about labral tears in the hip. A lot of time that's from FAI, right? Um, so that's the hip labrum and the acetabulum. So here's a normal one, right? And then as you can see, if there's some kind of mechanical obstruction or mechanical injury, you can... You know, develop issues. It doesn't have to be from FAI. It can be, you know, you have arthritis and um, that can cause it, a variety of things. Um, you can just have a tear because there's a trauma. Maybe you, you know, got in a car accident and, you know, your hip got messed up and it caused you to get a tear, right? Um, there's, let me show y'all a picture of, here's arthritis, right? Um, this is just an x-ray. So this is kind of just showing you some joint space narrowing. Um, This isn't a great depiction, Um, but you can have joint space narrowing and then you get bone on bone. Um, There's another condition called IT band syndrome this can cause you to have pain in the hip or the knee or both. So you have this piece of connective tissue called the IT band. And it's and as you can see, it kind of stretches from all the way up here down to your knee. And you can have pain all along that plane. And that's usually due to some kind of like running. Um, you don't have great mechanics, things like that. Um, so that is pretty much it on the pictures I wanted to show y'all. Let me flip this back around. Okay. So I'm looking at my little agenda I have written up. So we talked about, you know, who are we? We talked about the anatomy. We talked about some hip conditions that we see. Um, so if you guys wanna go to our, web, our website, we, we have um, good information there. Also our Facebook page, we put out a lot of good, um, just information if you'd like to follow us there um, on Facebook. Don't hesitate to ask questions and we'll try to answer them. Um, we are happy to work with you on an independent basis. If you want to just reach out, if you have an accredited attorney or something like that, we're always happy to work with them as well. Um, but it's not a requirement. Um, so I guess that is about it for housekeeping. See if there's any questions here that I can answer. Um, let's see got a lot of people following today, which is great. Okay. So can you tie bilateral ankle arthritis that is service connected to arthritis of the hip that resulted in a hip replacement? So every every situation is different, of course, but yes, I have seen um, one joint connected set on a secondary basis to another joint quite frequently. It just depends on the person and their history and you know what's what's been going on, right? Like that kinetic chain theory, like I said, one joint or one area being kind of messed up can lead to another area being messed up, right? Um, let's see. I had the exact thing, same thing happen, just had hip surgery done. They diagnosed me with gluteal tendonitis for 10%, 10%, should I file FAI or labral tear? I had CMP Saturday, she refused to look at my hip because of how fresh the surgery was. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you had um a surgery as far as what you should file for you know i don't i would say to get with your vso or whoever helps you in the filing process to look at that but if you believe that something is connected or related to your service you should always you know look into that for sure um so let's see i think that's about it so that's all I've got for today. So drop some um, comments and, and we'll try to get more information out to you guys. Try to do a video at least once or twice a month. Um, hopefully this is helpful and I hope you guys enjoyed today's video and I will talk to y'all soon. Thanks a lot.